Good morning to you all on this wonderful sunny day in Norwich. Although Julie read um, 12 verses from Hebrews, we're going to concentrate on the first three. There's enough material in there to keep us going for a week. But I wonder if you recognize who said these words. I had failed. Can we go back? Because I think they'll all recognize who it is now. <laughs> I had failed on an epic scale. An exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded, and I was a jobless, a lone parent, and as poor as it's possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. The fears that my parents had had for me and that I had had for myself had both come to pass, and by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew uh, your guest at J.K. Rowling. She has sold, or booksellers have sold, more than 500 million copies of her books. I must be one of the few people here this morning who has never read a Harry Potter book. Anybody else? All oh, right, okay. <laughs> she obviously felt at times like giving up. I wonder whether we've ever felt like giving up. Perhaps our Christian life has become so difficult and demanding. We wonder, is it really worthwhile carrying on? Maybe not many of our friends seem interested when we share our faith, or some may seem openly hostile to what we want to share. Maybe someone has unfairly criticized us, or We've given everything we can and we don't seem to see much fruit or blessing from our ministry. Maybe we're just tired and running on empty. We are looking at the third message in our series on the roles of Jesus. Today we're looking at Jesus as author and perfecter of our faith. And I have subtitled this message... On the next screen, keep on running the race of faith. Let's briefly look at the background to this passage. The theme running through Hebrews 12 is endurance, perseverance, keeping on, keeping on. The letter was written to a group of Jewish believers who were getting weary and in danger of giving up times were hard for them. Many had been subjected to fierce persecution. Some had been physically assaulted. Their homes had been plundered. Some had been imprisoned on account of their faith. And the writer is attempting to encourage these weary, hurting believers to be faithful to the Lord and to continue to run their race. Now, the author of Hebrews isn't talking about a hundred-yard sprint. He's talking about a, a marathon, a race that requires a great deal of persistence, perseverance, and endurance. Uh, I used to love running cross-country. Looking at me now, you think, wow. <laughs> but I used to love running cross-country. But I'm in no shape, I've got to be honest, to run a marathon. But I can be in the kind of spiritual shape that enables me 
and us to run in the Christian race. I don't know what you're facing this morning as you run your personal race, but I do know that following the counsel revealed in this passage will help us all to be runners who are pleasing to God. The start of Hebrews 11 in verse 6, uh, it's not on the screen, but the writer says, without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever comes to him must believe that he exists and will reward those who earnestly seek him. Our faith puts a smile, as it were, on the face of God. So three steps this morning. Step number one, we need to learn from the heroes of faith. Hebrews 13.1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now, when you see the word therefore in Scripture, you only need to ask yourself one question. What's it there for? Now, here is a deep spiritual insight in the message this morning. Hebrews chapter 12 follows Hebrews chapter 11. Have you got it? Originally, in, in the Greek, there were no chapter headings. There were uh, no verse numbers. So when we see that word therefore, we have to realize it's a connecting word to what lies before. A great cloud, a mass, an assembly of witnesses is mentioned in Hebrews 11. These are the heroes of faith. Now these men and women aren't watching us as we run the race. Uh, the word witness doesn't mean a spectator, uh, at a football match at Carrow Road or the world-famous city ground. The English word witness comes from the Greek word martyr. And some of the people in Hebrews 11 were literally killed. They were martyred on account of their faith. Hebrews 11.36. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. These people aren't witnessing what we are doing. They are witnessing to us that despite opposition, despite hostility, despite persecution, God saw them through because they kept in the race. Almost all, if not all, the people mentioned in Heroes of Faith are from the Old Testament. Uh, some people tend to neglect the Old Testament because they feel the New Testament is e easier to understand, uh, and I get that. Uh, there are many things in the Old Testament uh, that I find difficult. In fact, if I'd have written it, I've, I'd have left quite a few things out, to be quite honest. But listen to what Paul says in Romans 15.4. Everything that was written in the past was written to teachers so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have 
hope. And one of the best ways to develop endurance and receive encouragement is to get to know the godly men and women of the Old Testament, the men and women who ran a good race and crossed that finishing line. Maybe if you're having problems with your family, you could remind yourself about Joseph's experiences. If you think that the job facing you is too big, well, read about Moses. Maybe you're having problems trusting God. Well, think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the New Testament. Let it be to me when she heard the news that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God. So we need to learn, first of all, from the heroes of faith. Secondly, we need to lose the weights that are holding us back. Verse 1, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Then if you heard about the fridge man, fridge man, any nods? Okay, there he is. Tony Phoenix Morrison became well known for running hundreds of miles with a 42 kilogram fridge strapped to his back. Now for those of us who deal in old money, that's almost 100 pounds. Can I just encourage you or discourage you from trying this at home? He's covered more than a thousand miles, raising more than a hundred thousand pounds for charity. Now, athletes used to uh, wear weights as part of their training and preparation, but no athlete would wear weights in a race. So the writer says, let us throw off everything that hinders. We may not have a fridge on our back, although for some of us it may feel like that at times, but we may be carrying excess baggage. And we need to throw off everything that prevents us from making progress. Now, not all the things that will prevent and impede our progress are necessarily bad things, but there may be things that perhaps we're giving too much time too much attention to. So what's hindering us? What's hindering me? What's hampering each of us? It could be that our focus is on our ambition, our work, our home, our relationships, our leisure activities. None of these things are necessarily wrong in themselves. But perhaps they are tending to overwhelm our lives. Maybe it's criticism from others that's hampering our progress. Maybe it's memories from the past that continue to haunt us as they go round and round in our minds. The writer says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Then let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles the writer doesn't mention any specific sin, but it's probable he's referring to the sin of unbelief. It was unbelief that kept Israel out of the promised land. It was unbelief that hindered Jesus performing many miracles in his hometown of Capernaum. In Hebrews 11, the phrase, by faith, 
or through faith is used something like 21 times, indicating it is faith in God that enables us to endure. And back in uh, Hebrews 3.12, we read, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you is a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Uh, I was explaining in Alpha on Thursday, there is a difference between unbelief and doubts. I guess most of us, if we're honest, have had doubts in our Christian life. That doesn't mean that we no longer continue to believe. But it's only when we lose those weights that we can run freely. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We must run with perseverance, with persistence. Here's the picture of a runner setting in for the, the long haul. Now, just a few points. We each have our own race to run. You can't run in my lane, and I can't run in yours. If we start running in somebody else's lane, we're going to impede them. We're going to hinder them. We're not in competition, because we're all on the same team, yeah? We're all on the same side. You wouldn't believe it sometimes as Christians, but we are all on the same side. Our job or well, my job isn't to outrun you. My job is to run the race that Jesus planned for me to the best of my ability with the help of the Spirit of God who will give me the energy and the power that I need. Our course has been individually designed. The race that you are running has been specifically prepared just for you. And the best thing that we can do is to run our race to the best of our God-given ability. So we need to learn from the heroes of faith. We need to lose the weights that will hamper us. And thirdly, we need to look at Jesus Christ in order to keep going. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus. The word translated fix or fixing means to turn our eyes away from other things and fix and turn our eyes on Jesus. The original readers would have had to turn their eyes away from the cruelty, from the opposition, from their horrible experiences and fix them on the leader and the founder of their faith. We need to turn our eyes away from our circumstances. Otherwise, just like Peter, when we take our eyes off Christ, we'll start to sink. And Jesus is described as the pioneer or the author of faith. That word pioneer was used earlier in Hebrews and is translated captain. Jesus is the captain of our salvation and we're on his team. He's the one who leads out the team. He is the one who leads by example on the field of play. He is the one that encourages us to raise our game. 
He's a perfecter of faith. Jesus brings our faith to a full and triumphant conclusion and completion because one day faith will give way to sight. We will see Jesus and we will see him as he is. And yes, we'll all have new bodies. I'm looking forward to having a body that's not wasting away, a body that's free of pain, I'm sure many of you are. And the writer goes on, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus obviously wasn't looking forward to the pain and agony of the cross. One of the most horrendous ways that man has devised to kill another person. It could take some people days to die from crucifixion. Jesus was on the cross for three hours. Having been subjected to a flogging which would kill most men. So what was the joy set before him? Like a runner who focuses on that finishing line, Jesus was looking forward to the joy of finishing the work the Father's given him to do. He saw beyond the agony, beyond the suffering, to what lay ahead. The joy of sitting down at the Father's right hand. Sitting down was a a metaphor for having finished something. He had finished the work that God had given him to do. The joy that was set before him, knowing that his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his glorification, ensured forgiveness and eternal life is available for each of us. It's because Jesus endured the pain of the cross that we're here today. Because Jesus endured that pain that we exist as a church. There would be no point otherwise. Because Jesus endured the cross that we're brothers and sisters in Christ if we're following him. Because Jesus endured the pain of the cross that we're the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The second part of looking at Jesus is contained in verse 3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. John Stott wrote some very helpful books. In one of his books, he says this, the Christian's chief occupational hazard is discouragement. I doubt if there's one person here this morning who hasn't been discouraged at some point in their Christian experience. We can become weary and lose hearts for all sorts of reasons. Maybe something that happens in church life or something in our family. Maybe we're disappointed with ourselves. But we can never be discouraged when we consider Jesus. During his life, he experienced opposition from religious leaders. They plotted plotted to get rid of him. They thought they'd succeeded. But in the end, he was victorious and is victorious over sin and death. He'd run the race. He'd finished the course that was marked out for him. Jesus operated in faith. 
He is our supreme example to follow. Listen to these words from the Apostle Paul from 2 Corinthians. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we know the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Momentary troubles, troubles that just last a short space of time. You may think what you're going through at the moment has lasted far too long. But in the light of eternity, they are momentary troubles. So, summing up, we need to learn from the heroes of faith. We need to lose the weights that are holding us back. And then we need to look at Jesus Christ in order to keep us going. I have a video to show you. I don't think it needs any explanation, but we'll watch it now. Some of you were spurring her on there. You just wanted to see a win, didn't you? And quite right, too. Can I, as I finish, just ask you how your race, your personal race, is progressing? It may be like uh, Heather Dornadon uh, that you've fallen. Or, or maybe you're just thinking of giving up. And her experience shows that falling isn't final. She completed the race, and as you've seen, she actually ran. So can I encourage you to get your eyes, you focus back on Jesus. Stop looking at the other runners. Stop looking at the circumstances through which you're running. Get rid of those weights and look for him. My final words this morning are these. It's not how you start that matters. It's how you finish. God bless you.